Warning! The Dub Talk podcast contains strong language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, be aware that spoilers for My Roommate is a Cat, as well as any other anime, may occur, so be aware if there's a series you haven't watched yet. Finally, the views and opinions are those of the individual participants of this episode and do not reflect Dub Talk as a whole. We were hoping to accompany this disclaimer with some lovely footage of Cricket here playing with a typewriter, a la the opening of the anime, but unfortunately Cricket is not one for stupid pet tricks. He sure is cute though, so we love him anyways. And with that, enjoy the show. Meowdy, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, the show where a group of animal lovers get together, talk about our fur babies, maybe read a book, and bring you the latest and greatest in anime dubs. I am your positively perfect host, Megan, and with me tonight, I have three pugs, three pugs and a dachshund and a trench coat, aka my boyfriend, Roots of Justice. <laughs> you said meowdy. <laughs> We have the skeleton man, the skeleton myth, the skeleton legend, and cat dad, Abondul. Cat puns. Cat puns as far as the eye can see. And we have the most fine and beautiful girl of them all, who unfortunately admires all of our cats from afar, Lilac. I want a cat. I need a cat. I don't have space in my apartment for a cat. I'm very sad right now. You have the giant cat we wanted, uh, round one, though, it's still in your apartment. It's not the same! Okay, fine. Tonight, we are talking about the adorable best actual show of winter 2018. My roommate is a cat. Meow. A heartwarming show about one very, very introverted man and his slow journey on becoming a cat father. Well, I like this is an anime. That's not how cats meow. Do it right. Meow. 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 <laughs> Remember? So, say it like you're a weave, Steph. Like a weave. Uh, but I but, but I'm a cat, not a weave right now. Meow. You're a weeaboo cat. I'm a weeaboo cat. <laughs> All right. I'm a, I'm on a roots. Teach her how to do it right. Yeah, subs are better than dubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that cat has some hot takes over there. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my god. <laughs> that cat, that cat's getting fixed. Wow. <laughs> Alright, well. While Kitty's, while Kitty's being a butthole. No, kitty, this is my pot pie. Wow. <laughs> no, kitty. Wow. Ma! Kiss being a dildo. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know which one of you it is anymore. It's me, silly. God. <laughs> Tonight we are talking about My Roommate is the Cat. It is an adorable series with the following plot summary that Subaru... Oh god, I got his name. Subaru Mikasaki is a very shy, introverted writer who hates people. 
After the untimely death of his parents in a bus accident, after they went traveling, he discovers a cat trying to steal the offering of food he's trying to bring for his parents. He takes in the cat and names her Haru. Haru is a stray who thinks that Subaru is too dumb to survive on his own. Together, they will learn what family really means. As always, this is a impressions episode. I sound like I'm reading off the teleprompter like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> You're laughing your ass off, so... I'm trying not to die. <laughs> As this... <laughs> I'm gonna occasionally just meow for no reason, because I can. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> in your sleep. <laughs> See you in a month, bitch. A reminder that the four of us are going to have to share a small box in Boston in about a month. You forget five of us, because the fifth person is not here. Andrew's not people. <laughs> Andrew's not people. Don't, don't give him that impression. Don't diss my boyfriend like that. Stop meowing at me! No, it's too much fun. <laughs> That's the sound of me dying inside. Are don't, you a pterodactyl now? Don't die, Megan. Who will host the episode? <laughs> I mean, I would think that the other guy with the cat would, but... <laughs> I suppose. No, I'm not. I'm just peeing a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so as with the impression episodes, we are going to give predictions and our thoughts on the first six episodes of the winter 2018 Subledo, as done by Funimation. So, let's kick this off with... Uh, the best way we can do the guy who's kind of direct a show about cats. <laughs> so, uh, tonight's order we're going to do is uh, we'll do uh, Roots, Steph, Amon, then myself. So, uh, starting off with Roots, if you have any predictions for director or writer. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get around to predicting a writer, but as for director. You know, I had to think of somebody who was, you know, capable of hurting cats. So, I mean, oh god, I was gonna go with a the joke there. Um, damn. Um, I I had Alexis Tipton. Okay. Uh, Steph. Uh, I had three director choices, two writers. The one of my director choices is a team. Um. For writers, I mostly base this sh my predictions off of the kind of show that this seemed like and um, who would best fit in this kind of mold. So writer-wise, my two writers were Kristen McGuire and Caitlin Barr. As for my directors, uh, third choice was the team of Tia Ballard and Jade Saxton. Second choice was actually Clifford Chapin because he's, he's really good with comedies and he also has some fun with the heartfelt stuff like Alice and Soroku comes to mind here. Um, and then, because we have, uh, as far as I know of, because I did my damnedest to stay away from the damn cast list for a while, um, from my understanding, I hadn't seen this name pop up in the in the season for Simuladubs yet, so my first choice was Jeremy Inman, based on that. So, uh, Alman? Uh, I did not have any predictions for a director or writer. Okay, uh, so I'll do my predictions. My ba I'll do my backup predictions first. My backup prediction for director was uh, also Jade Saxon. I thought this was a cute, fluffy show and that she would write it. Uh, and my backup choice for writer was actually dependent kind of on who I thought was going to direct the show uh, because they were a person who worked with them. So I picked Leah Clark. 
uh, my first prediction for director was uh, when Funimation announced that they got the show, this person was very much like, cool, I want this. And they showed a lot of genuine interest in the show, so I was like, okay, you're, you're probably the person who's directing it. So my first choice was also Jeremy Inman. To which, if you're all wondering, wait, what the fuck? This guy directed Golden Kamui. Why does he want to talk about the show with cats? The man has a cat he calls Lord Chester. He's very adorable. <laughs> uh, and then my other writer prediction was Emily Neves, because I believe Emily Neves had worked with Jeremy Inman before on uh, some other shows, as well as she's just a good writer for uh, comedies and stuff. Uh, lo and behold, I'm right about both of them. Hey, I got director too, you know. And Steph also got director too, but she's not a people anymore, so she, her opinion doesn't count. Thanks, bro. Meow. Stop it! <laughs> I'm not a people anymore, right? Oh my god, I'm going to... <laughs> I, say I have I finally done it! I have finally done it! She is now mad. <laughs> you know what? You know what you're gonna get if you keep doing this? What? Every morning at AB, because we have to share bed, I'm gonna turn over, spoon you, wearing a gritty mask. <laughs> oh, Lord. This is why I'm gonna are sleep we... on the floor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if we're engaging in psychological warfare, I'm going to play dirty. Oh. And by dirty, I mean orange and googly-eyed and probably on methamphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> Those men in suits need to tackle your ass. <laughs> also, nobody can on video attacking a seven-year-old and throwing him into the penalty box. Oh my god! Isn't that just an average everyday activity in the city of the cities of both Philadelphia and Boston? Touche. Except for in Boston, they just throw the kid into the bay. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, you don't want to do that. The Water's Boston bad. Tea Party all over again, except this time with children. I mean, the children could be full with tea. You don't know that. I mean, the, chil the children's museum is by the waterfront. Anyway. Uh, so, no. Um, Jeremy Inman, you'll know as a director for such a uh, heartwarming, family-friendly series. <laughs> like Golden Kamui, The Saga of Tanya the Evil, and Sayuki Reload Blast. Emily Neves, you'll know for her writing on series such as Kakarillo, Better Breakfast of Spirits, which comes out in May. Fucking buy it! Um... Urahara in Classroom of the Elite. So, uh, how do we feel about the directing and writing? Starting off with Roots, I believe I said I was going to go first. Yeah, the um, show itself was really charming and funny and cute. And, like, I, I really think the, uh, the script snailed down the humor and the sort of awkwardness. And uh, and it was, it was well cast. It was... One thing I really like is they sort of get the idea of social anxiety down pat. I will, um, I'll have more comments on that down the line, but, like, that kind of thing is sort of a combination of the actor, the director, and the scripts, so it felt right to just kind of mention it here. And I do, like, particularly, I really like the scripting on the, or the, yeah, the scripting on the animals, because, um... Like, it, it really gets the sense that they don't understand humans at all, but they just kind of, you know, cooperate. Because they feel like it. And I'm done, because, like, they both did a really good job. Alright, Steph? 
Yeah, uh, I have to agree that the directing and writing on this show is really nice. Um, I think kind of in addition to what Roots is saying about how, like, social anxiety is portrayed, um, I know something else that I picked up on that I kind of really wanted to talk about real quick, though, was um, how the show perceives and handles grief as a theme. Because... Um, mm. Because that's a huge, strong theme that's th sh thrown in throughout the first six episodes of the series so far. Because we have Subaru's parents who died in the accident. We have Haru's family, actually, to an extent. Where, if I'm right, she lost one of her siblings. Yeah, that, that shit got, like, straight up murdered by crows. Yeah. And then, like, she got separated Little from the rest- baby kitty. She got separated from the rest of them. Well, mostly Hachi. Um, Hachi, she couldn't figure out what happened. The other two were basically adopted. But, um, it's, it, it's a light and fluffy show on the outside. However, when you really start looking into it and you kind of get more involved in watching the show, yes, there's the social anxiety bits for, um, Subaru and his interactions with human beings, but there's also the concept of grief and how it's being handled. And something like that in a show like this, it, the comedy helps lessen the blow, yes, but you also have to get the meaning across from two different points of view in a way because you have Subaru's point of view you have Haru's point of view which I, I I love how this is set up too by the way where most of the episode is is um Subaru's point of view but then we have a, a second half where there's Haru's point of view basically the same story being told from her perspective and it's actually really adorable and I love how it's set up but um having that grief social anxiety those more more complex themes coming into play here i really love the directing and writing on this show because it does take the light and fluffy stuff into consideration but it doesn't forget that the complex themes and the complex natures of this show as well and i think it's portrayed very very well there are several times in this show and in the six episodes i watched alone where i just like teared up and it's just really hit in a lot of different ways um and credit to the writing it's <laughs> It's it's fun because again it's it's good with the light and fluffy stuff, good with the darker complex stuff. I think one of the lines that I picked up on today that I just had to write down, um, the phrase "resting scary face" was used. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you know anything, it's it's basically a, a, an iteration. It's another form of resting bitch face for all of you who may not know. So the writing, I I love the writing so much. It doesn't take itself extremely seriously during the light and fluffy parts and has it's fun but it also does when it does need to buckle down on the serious dramatic and them thematic moments it really does that in a way that because i know i'm rambling at this point how i kind of view the relationship between subaru and haru is a parent and a child and haru as the child in this case as similar to a child, they are very observant and wonder what things are going on and they're very intuitive and inquisitive on things. So having that side of it and putting it in a different mind frame, it's actually very interesting, the relationship between the two characters there. But, um, but yeah, like the direction, the writing, I think is very, very strong. Uh, it definitely hits me in the feels a lot, but it's also nice and light and fluffy. It's a really, really good balance and I enjoy it a lot. Uh, Amon? 
Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very much in agreement. Um, I think this one's really well done. I think it does a it, it does a good job both being kind of you know, the light, fluffy show uh, it is on the outside, but also handling the weightier elements around like grief and so on really well. Um, it's also just a lot of fun to listen to, I think. Like, this, this very much feels like the kind of show where everyone's just having a great time, like, directing and writing it and uh, playing in it and so on. It just, you can feel their enthusiasm coming across, and I really enjoy that aspect of it as well. Um, uh, yeah, no, this is just, it's a really high-quality dub. I don't think I have a lot more to add beyond that, but um, I enjoyed it a lot. Awesome, so I'll go. Uh, I actually watched the first two episodes of this in the Japanese before I uh, kind of exclusively switched over to the dub. Um, this being, like, the the one show I, I really wanted to watch this season because the other show with a cute animal girl in it turned out to be a fucking dumpster fire, no matter what you say. And if you think the girl in that is best girl, congratulations on your anime Bud Light. Um, <laughs> hot You're not wrong. I'm not naming the show, but you know what it is. Um, uh, Haru, Haru, best girl, uh, up there with Chika and Emma, and Kavio. But uh, <laughs> yes, and and Zenko. I forgot Zenko's back this season, so Zenko gets Zenko to count. is back. Yes, <laughs> Zenko's back. Zenko gets to count. Um, but uh, I think that they they handled the transition from the Japanese writing to the English adaptation really well. Um, obviously, there's some some dialogue choices like the rusting scary face, which I'm very happy they did not go for rusting bitch face. Um, it gets the same meaning across in a way that is a lot more palatable for this type of show. Uh, if this was a show that didn't have a more like, if it didn't have the aesthetics that this show has, and you're going to be like, Megan, why do aesthetics matter when you're talking about um, a show? It's, it's the difference between, there's another show out right now called uh, Endro, which is also being assembled up this season with a different cast and crew, uh, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I've seen a couple clips of it, and I've actually been wanting to check out Endro, uh, but instead of saying, um, like, I'm hungry, damn it, like, the the little cute, like, Moe pastel blob girls, I'm hangry! <laughs> and it gets across the same thing. You, you have this girl just going, I'm hangry, and then nibbling on a girl's ear. And it gets across the same thing as saying rusting scary face, but without being as harsh, like harsh language wise, because of the way that the show looks. The show is a lot more pastel, a lot more fluffy. Um, so I feel like if you're you're trying to punch like swearing and shit in there, like it doesn't work. I, I say as I swear. Um, I think that one of the other things that Emily really captures is a lot of the um, the like Steph said, the the amount of heart that the show has to it. Like like I, a lot of people joke that the first like the first episode kind of has this swerve where Haru finds the, the corpse of her dead sibling. Mm -hmm. Um but man, episode three went to places I did not expect it to fucking go. Yeah. Nope. Where uh where he finds the, the, the album from his mom and I thought the writing on that was really good. I I also very much like the, the voice directing that Jeremy has with uh, a lot of actors who, uh, a mix of actors who are, have been around but haven't gotten, like, maybe a lot of named, like, bigger characters mm -hmm. in a show. And a lot of actors who have been around forever and there are a lot of big names, but they kind of get to either 
uh, go to an extreme or go to maybe a place that you're not used to hearing them talk uh, or act in that range. So I genuinely really do appreciate Jeremy and his work on this. And this is a dub I, I really genuinely enjoy. It's, uh, I feel bad because I haven't started many others. Whoops. Um, it doesn't help that, like, my other favorite show of the season's is a subtitle-only show. Thanks, Anaplex. Um, but out of the, the simuldubs and, and clips that I've, I've seen kind of going around, this is probably one of my favorite, uh, simuldubs. And I think that it's starting off the year for Jeremy as a director really strong. And he did come off a, a relatively strong year last year. I mean, Golden Conway was... Uh, up for multiple dubbies and a lot of I, I think specifically uh, Roots and Amon gave him a lot of his pray a lot of praise for his work throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So, mm. so but I'm rambling on at this point. So, um, let's get on to our first pair of characters, who is uh, Subaru's dead mom. She doesn't have a name. She's just Subaru's mom. And the next character is Taro. Taro <laughs> is the golden retriever that lives in the house next door to Subaru. He's such a good boy. Taro is a good boy. Uh, so, did anybody have predictions for Subaru's mom or Taro? Taro is just a good boy. <laughs> I, I had no predictions for either of these characters, but did anybody else have predictions no. for them? I mean, like... For Subaru's mom, like, I kind of went the obvious route there with uh, Cynthia Kranz. But, um, I mean, for uh, for somebody, a, a character like Taro, you, you gotta cast, like, a really warm and gentle individual. So I predicted Paul F. Tompkins, star, <laughs> star of the renowned Netflix series BoJack Horseman. I can't believe Mr. Peanut Butter's in this anime. God damn it. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I, I had Chris Sabat. <laughs> oh my god, Chris Sabat's voice coming out of a golden <laughs> That'd be pretty great. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Which I may or may it. not been because of Kino's journey. Oh shit, oh, that's right, he right. was the dog in Kino's journey. <laughs> damn, that'd be fun. Amon, did you have any predictions? Uh, I did not. I was going to make a Paul Tompkins joke, but Roots beat me to it. That means Roots gets lunch on me. Hey, you're already getting lunch on me at AB. Now you get two lunches, you sneaky bastard. <laughs> you can give Amon on my second lunch. Wow, you are the nicest hobbit ever. I can't believe a hobbit just gave up second breakfast. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> my feet hurt so bad, <laughs> Mr. Frodo. <laughs> we had one breakfast, but how about a second? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or, or up in Maine. We've had one winter. How about a second? You're not Please wrong. don't joke about that. You're not wrong. That's the worst part. <laughs> Knocking on wood. Knocking on wood for that. We already got that. the biggest so... snowstorm we got last week. Don't give us another one. <laughs> I'm gonna bite my tongue. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, all right. So playing Subaru's mom uh, is credited as uh, Joanna Beattie. And playing Taro is Anthony Bowling. Joanna Beattie, you will know as uh, Yuko's mom in Junji Ito Collection. She is also Subaru's mom in Space Battleship Tiramisu. God damn it. <laughs> and she's, of course, as I like to call them, Nego Fuzzy <laughs> or Fuzzy's Doppelganger in the Morose Mononoke in Season 2. Uh, it should also be noted that uh, Joanna Beattie is also uh, Joanna Greeley. Uh, that is what they they are on on Twitter, and they they had said that they were in the show. 
Uh, Anthony Bowling, you will know as characters such as my actual, one of my fictional husbands, LCL from The Devil is a Part-Timer. Uh, Monbu Demon Sakuma from Ping Pong the Animation. And Aizen uh, Kunitoshi from Token Rambu Hanamaru. So, starting us off, Roots of Justice. Yeah, I um I really appreciate the fact that Subaru's mom like has that real warm motherly tone in the scene she's in, because you know they're like almost all flashbacks except for that one weird scene in episode three with the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Which why do they look like pink sperm? <laughs> because because it's a candy colored cotton show. Cotton candy, true. But that was. Uh... Like, that was such a weird out-of-place scene, but that's neither here nor there. Um, like, Anthony Bowling as Taro, though. Like, I expected the dog to have sort of that gentle voice, but I didn't expect him to go full, uh, full Lenny from A Mice and Men on it. But particularly, like, not... I, I said the Lenny of Mice and Men thing, but I, I meant more the, uh... The Looney Tunes spoof of it, and I can't remember the title of the actual short or the or the character. Like I think it was like a, an abominable snowman or something with with Bugs Bunny. But I got that vibe out of it, and I thought that was ah. really like that was really impressive. Like it, it shows that Jeremy Inman, um, Anthony Bowling or both have a real sense of animation history and I can really get behind that. So, thumbs up everybody. Good job. I guess that means me, right? Mhm. Um, so Joanna, this is actually the second time I've actually really heard her in a show. The first time being is as Megan Lovingly calls him Nega Fuzzy. Uh <laughs> in Moros Mononokia and that was Nega Fuzzy was a lot of growly noises. <laughs> A lot of growly, rabid, yokai voices, noises coming from her. So I'm actually glad she got a speaking role this time. Um, but no, I mean, for what it is, because, well, the mom doesn't exactly show up a lot. She's she's really, she's so lighthearted and very charming and just so... She has the maternal instinct down, I think, and I really enjoyed the performance very much, and I just kind of want to see Joanna in more things now uh, and see where this whole voice acting thing can take her, because she's still relatively new, I believe, yeah? Uh, yeah, I believe so, just to make to make sure. I don't think she's had a lot under her belt. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I really hope we get to hear Joanna in more things. But I'm actually here to talk about Anthony Bowling as Taro. That's my purpose in life right now, because, oh my god. I almost didn't recognize this was Anthony Bowling for a second. I was listening to it today, and I'm, I'm like, who is this? It sounds like McFarlane, it sounds like something else. And I was like, as I was trying to find find somewhere where it's credited, I'm just listening to it still, I'm like, that's not Anthony Bowling. That is totally Anthony Bowling. And I just, like, was floored with it. Taro is so adorable and doofy. He is the best dog in this damn show. And Anthony just makes him so, so much fun and charming, charm to him. And because really the main time we interact with Taro as of now is um, the vet's office. Where Taro's just like, but my humans, they get concerned about me. So they bring me here so I can be all better. My, I hurt my paw and they made me better here. And then it was just, 
as kind of this little life lesson for Haru, just being like, whenever we're a family, because whenever they are upset, I get upset too, and I want to make them feel better. It was so cute and adorable. And, um, oh my god, that dog is so doofy. He's such a doofy little dog. That's that's just Golden Retriever <laughs> stuff. They are not, they look smart, but they're apparently not. I know, but it's still adorable, and I love it so much. But, um, yeah, for what... <sighs> For what these two characters are and what purpose they kind of serve as of right now, I really enjoy both performances so much. I'm done. All right. Um, who should I start with? Uh, Joanna. Uh, Joanna did a... Joanna? Joanna? Oh, God, I can't speak Joanna? English now. Joanna. Joanna, thank you. I'm a little sick right now, so my brain's a little foggy. But uh, Joanna, I thought she did a very nice job as Subaru's mom. Obviously, she's not a character we see a lot of because she's dead. Um, but I thought she did a good job of sort of coming across that kind of, like, cozy maternal feeling you think about with, you, with your parents. Um, you know, she, she, she very much sells, like, you know, the sweetness and the kindness, uh, especially in, like, around the scenes where he finds this little scrapbook and you see how much effort she was putting into, like, trying to include her antisocial son in more things, uh, which, you know, just makes that scene all the sadder. Um... Also, she's a ghost, which I still can't believe that happened. What the hell, show? Like, you're you're not a ghost story. You're about a cute cat. What is this? I'm so confused. That was when I started crying. When I realized... Because I completely forgot that some animals are susceptible to, like, seeing spirits and stuff. So I'm like, oh, no, mm -hmm. it's one of those. Yep. You didn't you didn't think it was going to make that turn, but uh, it did. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I, I really enjoyed her in that for this performance. She's a lot of fun. And I hope I get to hear more and more things in the future. Uh, yeah, like everyone else, let's talk about Anthony as the dog. Because the dog is such a good boy. Look at him. He's a big, sweet doofus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he just, he, like, he, he sounds like a golden retriever. It's just the best way I can put it. It's like, yes, that is what a golden retriever does sound like. It is just kind of obviously dumb on its face, but just so kind and gentle and loyal in every capacity. It's like, hey, you're at the vet. You want to play? Huh? You want to play? <laughs> it's adorable. It's really, it's really sweet. I, I enjoy it a lot. It's just a very, it's just, it's so pitch perfect in a way I can't articulate very well because you just hear it and it's like, that is what that dog should sound like. That is completely, that is completely the correct check, uh, casting and direction choice. I can't really put it any better than that. So... Essentially, I don't know if anybody else has ever seen the image of that says, yes, this is dog. <laughs> with the phone? Because now I, yeah, with the phone, because that's now Anthony Bowling's voice I hear behind that, because there's two ways to do Golden Retrievers. You can do Paul F. Tompkins as Mr. Peanut Butter, or you can do Anthony Bowling as Taro, to which Taro just sounds like, I think, like, Amon nailed it, what a Golden Retriever sounds like, because I like looking at gifts of Golden Retrievers doing things. And they're adorable, but they are also retrievers, and I own a retriever mix, and let me tell you, my retriever mix is not very smart, no matter what my mother says. Bailey is- Bailey is kind of a dum-dum. <laughs> uh, Bailey likes to think- Bailey likes to- she's an absolute sweetheart, though. She likes to jump up on the couch and put her paws over the end and rest her head there until you pet her. It's kind of adorable. And Taro and Anthony Bowling are absolutely- uh, adorable as the dog and Joanna is just so sweet and I enjoy the fact that they uh shout out to Jeremy Inman for also playing Subaru's dad who has one line 
Um, <laughs> he was like one, two lines max. That's why we're not talking about him. Um, that I appreciate that they had her sound older, but not sounding elderly. If you know what I'm saying. Yes. Mm. Because I mean, they were they were older. They have like a twenty something year old kid. Like, I I, I assume Subaru is like in his twenties. Um, I can look it up really quick. I uh, I would think he's in his twenties too. Yeah. Yeah, like Subaru's like I think in his twenties. Um, uh, so they're they're probably like at max in their like forties or fifties. Yeah. So, I, I I enjoy that she sounds warm and that she sounds kind and that, just like. You keep seeing her be a good mom in these flashbacks, like, when, uh, Subaru's a little girl- a little boy- <laughs> wow, fuck! Ah, good shit. job. Ah, sh- fuck me. Um, basically, when she's a little- when he- fucking hell, I keep calling him a girl. When he's a little boy, like, he gets the story read to him about the moon and the sun, and- you just kind of see these things. And I think the episode three where- where she has the most screen time, where she talks about, um- trying to take him on vacation like where do you want to go it's my summer break i don't like to travel and you you just see that and playing off who plays subaru and his his immense guilt about not stopping them so uh i i thought joanna did a a great job and i can't say more than what's already been said so let's move on to the next set of characters okay okay all right yep all right so next up we have roku who is a cat that is owned by Nana Okami, who is a girl who works at the pet shop that uh, helps Subaru and kind of warms their way into his life. Um, and then we have her brother. Uh, he's He was once, I think, I think the show describes him as a furry basketball. Good. <laughs> so he's, once a, he's once big and chubby, and then he got thinner after being on a diet. Uh, and then there is Yugo Okami, who is Nana's, uh... Okay, look, the show says he's in 11th grade. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a grown man. Yep. <laughs> that's a that's a grown-ass man. Trying to pull some Kuroko no basket bullshit on me. Um, Almine's 15. Yeah, right. You're a liar, production IG. Um, but Yugo is her, her younger brother who thinks that Subaru's doing creepy shit and then you find out like he's just trying to protect his sister and but he is a fan of the the kitty assassin story oh I forgot to mention that so Subaru is writing a story that uses Haru as a muse where um Haru is is the cat in his story which thank god there's finally an anime about a writer that we don't have to worry about uh Subaru's gonna fuck her or not because Haru isn't his sister. Um God damn it. Bump, bump. <sighs> I'm not wrong and we're keeping that in there. <laughs> um but essentially essentially Subaru thinks that at the beginning that Haru's trying to kill him. And it turns out she's not. She's just trying to make him eat cuz she thinks that he's too stupid to feed himself. Um, I mean, she's not wrong. That's an actual thing that cats do. Cats think we're dumb. <laughs> There's a scientific study about this that they, they bring us things because they don't think we know how to hunt. Um, and they're like, no, you idiot, eat. Um, but but just to the point, Yugo is a fan of the story, and when Subaru learns this, his immediate decision is to press eject on that situation and get the fuck out yep, of there. Grab the cat, go. Um, <laughs> I'm out. I'm taking my pussy and leaving. <laughs> um... So, predictions for Roku or Yugo. 
Um, since they kind of appeared a little later and were... Wasn't sure if we were actually going to get to them or not. I did not. Most of my predictions I did. I did the Megan method where I looked at the images of the characters. Um, I don't have anything for Roku. Roku, Roku. I do have a couple for Yugo, though. <coughs> so I picked... Just as kind of like... I didn't know what kind of character this was. I thought it was either going to be the brother or the husband. Or boyfriend. <coughs> something like that. So... So who I went with was, um, if it was like a brotherly kind of character, I had Rico Fajardo. If it was a boyfriend or husband kind of character, I had Jason Lebrecht. Uh, Amon? Uh, I didn't have predictions for either, although, uh, Roku does remind me of a cat I used to have, who was also sort of portly and happy and lazed around a lot. He was a very nice cat. <laughs> uh, but he would not voice this animal for obvious reasons. He did not speak English because he was a cat. There you go. <laughs> uh, so I did not have predictions for Yugo, but I did have predict. No, I did have predictions for Yugo, not for Roku. So my predictions for Yugo were actually uh, Jared Green or Kyle Ignatius. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I just looked. I I pulled my own method, and I thought that they were just gonna be like bigger. Like I think. Okay, look. I didn't even look at pictures because there were no pictures. I literally went off their character descriptions on Wikipedia, and it said this is Nana's brother. And I was like, those guys could be good brother voices. So, playing Roku is Jared Green, and playing Yugo is- I am so sorry, dude. Joe Kunodi? Kukinodi? I'm so sorry, my man. Uh, Jared Green, you'll know his characters such as Mikhail Manfred in the Ancient Magus ride, Yoshifumi Nita in Hina Matsuri, and Kishward in the Heroic Legend of Arsland. Joe C, who I'm not going to try to butcher your name twice- is characters such as, I'm gonna read this right, Leo Thomas Hassel from Ve from from a Leo Leo Thomas Hassel Leo, Leo Thomas Hassel from Villa in Knights and Magic, Lee in Hakata Tonkatsu Romans, and Vasily's XO in Space Battleship Yamato 2202. So, take it away. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be honest, like Jared Green's voice coming out of that body surprised me. <laughs> I think it might have surprised a lot of people. But, you know... Like, I mean, it, it makes sense considering the character is, like, a former stray, just like Haru is. And, like, it... I'll say it, it's not unpleasant because it, like, it was really fun. Just kind of kind of surprising the first time he spoke in the um, in one of the episode previews, and I I just got a bit of a snort out because it was it, it came out of nowhere, and um, I think uh, Joe C, I guess we're we're calling him so as to avoid butchering his name. Um, I think he did a really great job. As um, as you go, sorry, I'm I'm looking at A and N to get the character and actor names right. So, um, you really don't get to see him a lot in the two episodes he's in, but like he he gets the fraternal relationship down really well. I'd like to see him in more stuff coming up too. So, always great to see new names coming up it as major roles in shows. Okay, 
Alright, so I'll start with Joe on this one. Only because he's... There's not really enough, I think, to go off of right now with him because he's only really shown up in one episode. But from what I heard, he has this—he has a good energy to him and a nice dynamic with him and um, the actress who plays his sister, Nana, um, who I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about next. Yeah, we are. Um, and But um, <laughs> what's funny is when he decides to kind of nerd out a little bit about Subaru's stories and he doesn't realize that the author's sitting in front of him in the kitchen... Um, it was a fun moment, because he just wants to talk about books. He's such a bookworm, and it's adorable and cute, and I like it. And I do want to see, uh, like Roots, I do want to see Joe and more things. Um, just because I've never heard of this human being in my life. And I want to hear him more things and see how, how he grows as an actor and performer. Oh, uh, and then there's Jared Green. <laughs> oh, God. What is it with actors having some fun times with these animals in this show? What is this? Um, Jared Green is so adorable. He, um, he takes the, um, the old and wise approach to this character. Because Roku is an older cat. So he, ha he has that dis distinguishability about him. But then the second he gets his belly rubbed, he's just gone off the demon like, ha 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 ha. He's like just enjoying it way too much. And it's so funny and adorable and I love it. So it's, it's nice that Jared not only gets to have the seer, like the nice old, wise old mentor kind of tone to him, which is, which I think given Jared's natural range in his voice, I actually think it works very well with Roku as a character, but he does get to have fun and play with, around with it a tiny bit too. And I do want to hear more of uh, Jared's performance as Roku because he's such an old good boy. <laughs> he's an old good boy, but, um. But yeah, I'm sorry. The second he got his belly rubbed, he was just like, "Oh yes, this is the greatest thing." And then he just comes, then he comes back looking like he just got like, well, what's the right way of putting this? He just got, like, he just got destroyed or something, but like in a good way. Like you know those stereotypical scenes where like someone just gets attacked and they just become like come back and they enjoyed the shit out of it. You know that stereotype, right? Yeah. So, when he comes back like that, he's like, yeah, see, nothing to worry about. And I was just like, what the fuck happened to you? <laughs> like, it was great. Um, but yeah, I... These two characters haven't had a lot so far. They really only started talking in episode six. Uh, but I am curious and I am interested to see where they go from here. Mm-hmm. Amon? Um... Uh, I also I also like Joe as Yuko. Uh, as we mentioned, Yuko hasn't had a chance to do much. He's only been in like one episode as of the recording of this episode. Um, but I also enjoyed his performance. He he got across Yugo's stockiness, if that makes sense. Like as we point out, Yugo does not look like a high schooler. He looks like a grown adult. Yeah. Actually, I actually, I actually assumed he was going to be like um, Nana's boyfriend when he first showed That's up. That's what I thought too when he him. showed up. <laughs> it's like you're a, you're an adult ass person. You're probably probably. It's like that's my younger brother. It's like what? That is no, that's, that's, no. Okay, no. Japan. That's an obvious falsehood. No, Japan. That's not how this works, guys. Next, next, next you're going to tell me that all the lead characters in Final Fantasy VIII are in their late teens or oh, something. Jesus. That's complete nonsense. Oh Jesus. Um, but anyways, I did like Joe's performance a lot, though. I thought he he sold that kind of like, if the voice fit the character really well. And I also I also enjoyed a lot the uh, other thing Steph was saying about him kind of 
you know, geeking out in front of this, uh, about this author he likes while unbeknownst, un unknowingly doing it in front of the author himself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it felt like just a nice moment. It felt very, like, honest and unforced. Uh, and it reminded me of, like, you know, at, you know, when I hear actual people talk about stuff they enjoy in a way that's not, like, super over the top. Just like, yeah, there's this thing I'm, like, really into. And if you haven't, if you haven't read it, you should check it out. It's really good. Uh, I thought he did that really well. Uh, I know I'm not, he's another actor I'm not super familiar with, uh, but like, I'd, I'd be looking forward to hearing even more things going forward. I enjoy his performance here a lot. Uh, and Jared Green's just delightful. He's just, he's a good, is just a big, fat, happy cat who knows how things work around here and is perfectly happy with that. And I think Jared just sells that very well. Uh... He's just, he's just fun because Roku looks like he's going to be kind of intimidating, but it's just like, no, I know what's happening. You're going to get a belly rub from this enormous man. Give me a moment. <laughs> like, I'll be back in a second. It's all good, guys. Excuse me for a moment. Oh, yeah, it's good fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just, he's just a lot of fun. He, he's clearly having, uh, he's clearly having fun playing this cat and. I'm all here for that. He's it's just a fun, nice performance. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know how often Roku's going to show up going forward in the show, uh, but I hope he gets at least a few. We see him at least a few more times because he was fun to watch. I think he was in the preview in episode uh, at the end of episode six, uh, or it was Kuro. I couldn't really tell, but I just know it was like where like it's like you shouldn't want to be called Torapu. Oh my god. Oh dear. <sighs> but yeah, I'm done. Um. <laughs> no, so, uh, talking about, uh, Yugo and Joe's performance, um, like I said, I've never heard of him, I've never heard of his acting until, uh, this show, I've unfortunately not watched Knights of Magic, I've unfortunately not watched Takata Tonkatsu Ramens, even though I should, and I'm a little behind on 2202 because, as we all learned, I'm not allowed to watch Yamato when it's airing because I'll throw things at my television. Oh, <laughs> I'm still mad about the Sonata scene. That fucking pissed me off in 2109. 2199. That just fucking blew my mind. Yeah. Um, so I I liked what I heard. Um, there are some times where I felt like, I don't know if this could sound like an 11th grader, but that's not because of him, but it's because of the show. That, that's not a fucking 11th grader. You're a liar, Japan. Uh, but I thought he had a good foundation, and I think that if Yugo comes back in the show, I would I would want to really see where Yugo gets to go. Um, compared to everybody else we're talking, uh, I don't think he had enough uh, screen time. Jared Green, however, made the most of his screen time as Roku. Oh my god. Um, I swore Roku had like a slight new like Brooklyn accent to his performance, like gang the gangsta voice, kind of a little bit like if you shoved Nita from Hinamatsuri into a cat's body. Yeah, it's actually kind of true, and I haven't even seen Hinamatsuri. I've watched like two episodes. I've watched like four episodes of Hinamatsuri. I should I should really finish that. Um, but I, I think that everybody else has kind of said what I've wanted to say, so I. But I did genuinely enjoy both of them. So now to move on to the next set of characters, which would be Nana Okami, who is the girl who works at the store, the pet shop, who causes Subaru to have a panic attack the first time he ever goes into it. <laughs> Whoops. She's like, how come you your cat doesn't have a name? <laughs> um, at least it's better than the editor who's like, go get a collar. Collar. God. That collar was a fucking nut job. Um. 
But Nana is this. She's also the owner of uh, Raku, Roku, and Hachi. Hachi is the younger kitten that Nana has, who happens to also be Haru's baby brother. That didn't die. Yep. That di- the one that didn't die. Um, the other two, by the way, there there was four of them. Two of them got adopted by a family at a picnic, and then unfortunately, one one. Uh, as far as we know, of dies. No, it, it it's pretty much dead. It got to reenact the fight versus Pet Shop in in JoJo's. <laughs> um, but so predictions for Nana and Hachi. I didn't have any for Hachi, but I did have two for Nana. I also didn't have any Hachi, but I do have two for Nana. Um, yeah, I've got one for Nana. Amon, do you have any predictions? I'm sorry, I spaced out there for a minute. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the man is okay, skeleton. Skeleton man, skeleton man's under the weather. Unfortunately, we're, skeleton, we're sorry. skeleton man's even more skeletal than usual. Oh my god, it's rattling them bones, but not in the good way. Okay, so um, yeah, I wanted somebody who was warm, approachable, and could logically be a cat person. Um, I went with Tia Ballard for, you know, that reason. Okay. Um, I had two. Because I wanted a nice, comforting voice who was also very energetic energetic and so much fun. Uh, so I had Caitlin Glass and Felicia Angel. Uh, like I said, I went via Wikipedia description, so I didn't know what Nana's personality was going to be like. So in the event that she was soft-spoken, I went with Danny Chambers. Actually, I lied. I did have a record. I did have a, uh, I did have a prediction for Nana. It was also Danny Chambers. Aha! Uh, and then if the character was more upbeat and energetic, I actually went the roots route and went with Tia Ballard. So, uh, we are all, all wrong in this case. Uh, playing Hachi is Kimberly Grace and playing Nana is Alexis Tipton. Uh, Kimberly Grace, you will know, Kimberly Grace, uh, doesn't have a lot of, like, named character roles, but she has been in series such as How Not to Summon a Demon Lord, Overlord Season 2, and Real Life. Alexis Tipton has been in a lot of things with a lot of name roles, but you'll know her as characters such as Merle in the vision of Escaflowne. That was and the, the joke film. I was thinking of at the beginning of the episode. There we go. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> that was the hurting cat. Oh, because. Joke. Whoops. Oh, because oh, because Merle's a, Merle's a cat yeah. girl. Um, she is also a uh, Kongu in Kon Kole and Alicia. Uh, Difida in Tales of Zestera the X. I literally almost read that as Alicia Dipshit. <laughs> Good job. Bravo. I'm an adult, everybody! <laughs> Woo! Uh, Roots Justice, you, you, it's your floor. Alright, um, sorry, as I pull a and then back up on my phone, it's, it's been up, but I gotta turn the thing back on. Okay. Well, okay. You know what? Let's start with Alexis Tipton. Um, I really... Again, as I was saying, and the reason why I picked Tia Ballard, she's warm, she's approachable, she's bubbly. She really nails the fact that she wants to see Haru grow up big and strong. And she's willing to help Subaru out in any way she can. Um... Really not much else to say there. She gets some really good scenes interacting with Subaru. Particularly when she enters his home. Finds out how much he feeds uh, he feeds Haru. And she kind of freaks out. 
Like, that was actually, like, really legit funny. And, uh, Kimberly Grace is Hachi. Another name that I really haven't seen much in Funimation dubs as of late. Um, I, I really like how she portrays Hachi like a little kid and doting on his big sister and... Like, it's, it's really great, and it's it's really cute. His interactions with, with uh, Haru. It's really good, warm, pure. It, uh, it restored my crops and cleared my, uh, <laughs> and cleared my complexion. <laughs> it watered your crops and cleared your complexion. Fuck! I can't <laughs> even say it. <laughs> Whoops. But yeah, I'm, I'm done. Really, really solid jobs here, and I would really like to see uh, Kimberly Grace in more things in the coming months and years. Okay. Um, so starting off with... I'm going to start with Kimberly Grace, actually. Um, this is... Obviously, this is my first time hearing her in anything similar to Joe. Uh, but, oh my god, she's so cute. It's little baby Hachi. Little baby Hachi. Because uh, <laughs> Hachi is very energetic and rambunctious. And she has a lot of energy and spunk to him. And um, I just really appreciate just like, Oh my god, sister, it's you! Ah! Just like immediately like goes to headbutt Haru. Just headbutts her. And it's the greatest thing in the world. Um, but I find it very interesting seeing like, some lesser-known actors coming into play in this show, particularly Kimberly and, and um, Joe. So I think it's a really nice touch. And um, in all honesty, I really, really want to hear Kimberly and more things. I would love to hear her more things, because her Hachi is so freaking cute. She she would make she would actually make for a very good little boy voice, if need be. Um, I mean, she, did, she is voicing a little boy cat, so... As for Alexis, um... She's, Alexis is very nurturing because of her time spending, like, raising these two cats, particularly Hachi, bringing him back to health after, because we see in flashbacks that she found him kind of just tucked away behind a, like, a little crack in the wall, just scared and alone after getting separated from Haru and, um, his siblings, and it's just so cute, but, um, What's interesting about her performance, too, is she has such a sweet tone that's very passionate and it's just so charming. Um, you can tell she's a cat lover. She's not the crazy cat. She's not a crazy cat lady. Oh, trust me. The crazy cat person is in the next segment, I believe. But, um... Yes, he, he, he is. is in the next segment. But, um... She has such passion and charm and she knows her stuff, so she's a very good wealth of knowledge and a good counterpart, I think, to Subaru in general, too. Um, so, yeah, both both these performances, I enjoy them immensely. Um, though Alexis is very, very sweet and adorable. I'm also going to start with Kimberly, who's just so cute here. She's just so adorable as this little kitten. There's another example where it's like, yes, that is what this tiny, adorable tuxedo kitten would sound like. This is the correct casting in the correct direction, and so on. He's just so sweet and charming, and so adorable to listen to. Uh, yeah, she's, she's just she's just she's so it's so cute. Aw, little kid. Mm. 
Uh, I'm also not familiar with a lot of uh, Kimberly's other work, but I mean, I like also like to hear her going forward. I think she's she's really like just fun and spunky in this role. Um, also, sidebar, I appreciate that for the designs for all of uh, Haru and Haru's siblings, they actually bothered to make them look like distinct from each other. Because I feel like uh, Tuxedo Cats are one of those kind of designs where you can just do the same thing five times, and I appreciate that they gave them distinct facial patterns instead of just being the same one over and over. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Kimberly was a lot of fun. I enjoyed her performance a lot, and I hope we get to see Hachi again, because she's just so adorable. Um, Alexis is really fun as Nana. I think she just sells the passion of this character, who clearly is someone who works, she, like, you know, she works at the store because, like, she cares about animals, and she wants them to, you know, be taken care of and do well, and she's always game to, like, help people, even if they're somebody like Subaru, who's not really good at people, and maybe will answer the wrong question because he doesn't quite realize what she's asking him. <laughs> Whoops. You have a very old cat, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, that scene was very amusing to me. Um, yeah, she's, she, like, she's just a lot of fun that way. Like, she seems very just, like, bright and sincere and, you know, wanting to help people and actually, like, you know, you know there's a lot of that sort of fun, like, uh, you know, she, she's, I don't know, she's just very nice, and she's, like, and her interactions with Subaru are also just very charming in that regard, as far as, like, she's also very passionate, she's very passionate about animals, and she wants to help him out, because, you know, he clearly wants to do good, even though he's not very good at it at the moment. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Although I do question Nana's um, taste in animal names, because I realized while we were recording that Roku is the Japanese word for six, and Hachi is the Japanese word for eight. God damn it. Her and name I, is also <laughs> the Japanese word for seven. I know. I don't I don't know what to make of any of this. It could just be a gag on the writer's part. I'm not sure. You know, Alexis is a lot of fun in this. I, I enjoyed this performance a lot. Um, I'm going to start with Alexis. Uh, Alexis, I think, nails what exactly Nana needs to be. She's warm. She's open. She's friendly. She's funny. Uh, she's... His, okay, the scene where she's like, That's too much! <laughs> Like, she's, she's the adult in the cat-parrot situation. Like, she clearly knows what she's doing. And I like that um, she has the... I like that you can tell that she kind of has the customer service voice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. When she's at the store. Uh, I'd also like to point out that when he when she's like, You gotta take the cat to the vet! And she, like, sells him all the shit. I'd also like to point out that that old lady had a cat, like, named, like, Mr. Fluffykins. Which that was great. <laughs> It's like, this is Mr. Fluffykins. <laughs> I'm just like, you would name your cat that, lady. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that... I, I know uh, a friend of mine, uh, Laura, uh, her name is Lauren, but we call her Striker on the server, uh, says this, this might be her favorite Alexa Stipton ever. Um, I, I, I can see why. This is just... In a, a, she's an adorable character, and I think Alexis was the perfect the perfect choice for it. Obviously, I didn't predict her, but she's. it's just kind of one of those, like, in the back of my mind, yeah, I was going for, like, a similar range, different actress, but I'm not going to complain that it is, is her. Uh, Kimberly Grace is Hachi. I do agree that she is adorable. I agree that she's really good at doing the the little kid voice. And I wouldn't mind her seeing playing, uh, playing a little kid in another show. My only complaint is that sometimes I don't think she can hold the male, a male voice throughout the entire performance. That was my only gripe. Like sometimes, like you can you can tell a lot of times when women are playing playing young boys. 
Like, let, let's not beat around the bush. Like, I know where Terry Doty is in, like, every show when she plays a little boy. I will always know where Afia Yu is. But they can consistently hold that tone for me, and I didn't get that same consistency with Kimberly. Again, this is not like saying this performance sucks, this dub is trash because of her. That is completely the opposite. I actually think it's a really good foundation for her to improve on that skill set. Mm-hmm. I think that she has she has a voice that can can do that. Uh, luckily, with a cat, she can get away with it a little bit more. Because it says Hachi's the little brother, but even then, like, they're questioning Haru's gender up until Haru goes to the vet. Yep. So, it's being a little bit more androgynous and slipping. I think you can get away with it in a show because it's an animal. If this was, like, a physical human little boy, I don't think that this... That I would get... I, I would be a little bit more critical of the performance. But I do want to see Kimberly get cast in more things uh, as children because I think she has a good children's voice. And obviously, uh, transitioning into another person that can play younger boys, especially when you have uh, franchises like like Token Rambu, where if, God forbid, if Hanamaru gets a third season, there's going to be more little boy characters. And guess what we'll need? More people to play the little boys. And a lot of the little boys in that particular franchise are played by women. Um, but... I think that she does a good job as Hachi and really sells the... Because <laughs> Haru does call Hachi a bit of a brat. Yeah, just a little bit. Har- Hachi's a little spoiled. Because remember, the first thing that he does is, Play with me, play with me, give me a bath! The first thing he does is headbutt her. Butter. Well, headbutt her and climb on top of her. Um, I think that if Kristen... If, sorry, not Kristen. If Kimberly really kept up this I think a lot of Hachi's performance reminds me a lot of what I like about Brittany Lauda's take on Yakiho from the Morose Mononokian. Okay. Uh, they're kind of in that same vein of being very childish young boys but where Hachi doesn't know any better, Yakiho's a little shitbag. This is very true. <laughs> Yakiho's a little shithead sometimes. <laughs> And by sometimes, I mean most of the show. <laughs> but I think that, like I said, this is not me being like, Kimberly Grace sucks. Because she doesn't. She's actually very, very good. And I'm actually very surprised that this is... I feel like her character in How Not to Summon a Demon Lord has a name. And if I went on her Twitter, I could find it. But ANN doesn't list, her, list the character's name. But from this point, uh, while Hachi is a named character, he is a named secondary character. I want to see Kimberly being pushed to, like... A main character with her acting. Mm. Like, so please, like, put her in stuff where she can she can really show off. Um, uh, uh, in a lot of ways, um, like how um, Hayden Davino got to be uh, priest, the priestess in Goblin Slayer. Yeah. Like, like start doing that so that she can... Or like Danny Chambers as Chise. Like, just start putting her in stuff. That can really stretch her emotional range as an actress as well. Mm. Not saying that Hachi doesn't, but Hachi's also a baby and a child and a cat. Yeah. So. Yeah. And not the cat that the show is about, so. They are a roommate cat, but they are not the cat that the, the show's about. It's about his sister. I feel like I've brought the movie no, down. No, you're good. <laughs> Alright, are we ready to move on to the next two characters? Let's do it. The next two characters we're going to talk about are the two biggest pains in Subaru's asses. Yeah. Yep. And his each individual ass cheek. 
The first character, uh, the first of them is Atashi, Atashi Kawase, his manager slash cat dad who can't have a cat because his wife's allergic. So he likes to, to pick up Haru and harass her against her will. And if you've ever been, uh, if you're like me and have a cat that doesn't like people, it's Haru's worst nightmare. Pretty much. It's also it's also Subaru's worst nightmare because he keeps trying to drag him out of the house until he realizes he has a cat and now he won't leave his house. <laughs> Whoops. And then the other character is Hirata Yakuza, uh, who is uh, who lives nearby and he has been Subaru's friend for ten years. He basically just breaks in his house and brings him leftovers from his mom's on a constant basis too. On a constant basis, and Haru is like. I think I think my favorite thing is that Haru describes people with bombs. <laughs> and I think he was like three bombs and and Kawase is like five. Accurate. So, um I'd also like to point out that haha Kawase's first name is Atashi, which is also the is, is the name of a famous Japanese author. So So, uh predictions for Kawase and uh Hirato. Uh let's see here. Um Ooh, who did I have? Who did I have? Who did I have? Because I had them for both. Yeah, I had I have predictions for both characters too. As do I. Pull up my notes. Uh, let's see here. Um, Hiroto, I had Aaron Dismuke, and um, Atsushi, um, Ian Sinclair. Hmm. I had two for each. So for Hirato, I had either Chris Waitkamp or Stephen Fu. And then as Kawase, I had, because let's face it, Kawase is the nerdy cat lover of all things. Uh, so my two choices went to Anthony Bowling and Josh Greeley. Uh, I uh, I also had Anthony Bowling as Kawase. And for Hirato, I thought Dallas Reed might be funnier. Uh, so my predictions for Kawase were actually Howard Wang or Brandon McGinnis. I figured that they are both, uh, if you've watched another show this season, you get to see some high-strung Howard Wang in it. <laughs> Steph knows exactly the show that I'm talking about. Oh shit, wait, which one? Tokyo Renka. I haven't started Tokyo Renka yet. <gasps> His character's a fucking trip in that <laughs> show. I'm excited now. Howard Wang's character's a fucking trip I'm in that show. Now. I'm not- I don't care about spoiling that even though we're doing an episode on it. It's, a, it's an impressions episode. Um, and then my predictions for Hirato were, uh, Kyle Phillips or Alejandra Saab because they play good spazzes. <laughs> and like I said, I had at least watched the first two episodes, so I- I- I kind of knew what Kawase and, uh, Hirato were like, so. Yeah, see, I did mine blind, which- Yeah. It kind of did If you too. go entirely by design- things get weird. I mean, it's worked for me before. I mean, it's the only way I fly, but... Because I like I, I like being the guy who says the weird thing, and then everybody's just like, what? And then, all of a sudden, later on, they're just like, oh, I could have I seen that. And then you're like, oh, sh and then when it's right, you're like, damn, you fucking, <laughs> you fucking psychic man, you. Alright, so, playing Atashikawase is Josh Greeley, <laughs> and... And playing Hirato y uh, Yasuka is Kyle Ignacy's. Josh Grilly, you'll know his characters. <laughs> I have a story about one of the characters I put, and I'm saying him last now. 
Nobuchika Ginoza in Psychopaths, Life Beauty in Yorikuma Arashi, and Azusa Asahina in Brothers Conflict. Which, funny story, by the way, oh, no. about this. Hi, honey, you're getting thrown oh, under a bus. Oh, um, oh dear. So, the other night there was a meme that was passing around behind us, and it was a quote with an anime, and I'll tell you who the most attractive character is. So, to Team Grimgar, I all gave them brothers conflict, you can't pick the girl. Oh, no! Fun fact, I was about to pick the squirrel, but I figured you'd get mad about that. I would have actually been impressed and called you a furry. (laughs) Because I didn't know any of the boys, but go on. So, uh, so I started off, and when originally I did it, Andrew was like, don't let me pick a certain person. So he picked Azusa first. Oh, God. Then I gave it to Jet, and I said, you can't pick the girl. And, of course, he has no communication with Andrew. He also picks Azusa. <laughs> oh, dear. Then I have Roots do it. He also picks Azusa. Like, at first, oh, I'm just wow. like, uh, uh, I, can't, I don't know any of these. I don't know any of these. That is amazing. The guy in this. And, and they were like, so, Megan, do you also like Azusa? And I'm like, no, I like Natsume, who is his triplet. So... <laughs> Um, and then Kyle Ignacius plays characters such as Spearman and Goblin Slayer Honey in Nambaka and Chiaki uh, Uchimura in Sereidori Children. Man who would like to have relations with Asusa Asahina, please go first. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Did you just say the tiniest fuck? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You were always first in my heart in the husband in the husband department. That's what words of justice say. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> say it then. I did just now. Oh wait. Well, I guess that solved itself. <laughs> All right. Oh, but anyway, um, I I really like these two in their respective roles. Um, like. Kyle Ignacy does a really good job as the somewhat obnoxious, but, like, has the best intentions in mind friend who's who you've known for, like, many, many years. Like, we all, well, or at least a lot of us, had that one friend that we've known since, like, forever. And, like, they check in on you even when you're kind of annoyed and, you know, like... You're annoyed at first, and then you kind of appreciate them for, you know, checking in on you, maybe dropping some leftovers off. Like, it's great, and Kyle Ignacy really gets that across really well. But Josh Greeley, once again, like, keep the man away from scenery. (laughs) He just chows down on it like a sizzler buffet. Oh my god. Like... He is so hammy, and it's, like, it's wonderfully funny. He gets, like, really great lines, and, like, getting shot down every time Haru is gets kind of annoyed with him. It's, it's just great. It's funny. It's precious. It's just uh, so good. Like, both of them did a really great job. I really don't have much more to add to that, so I'm going to pass this on. Um, okay. So, uh, where am I gonna start with this? I'll start with Kyle, actually. Because, um, I think, uh, I don't know what the right way to put this. And I actually, side note, I don't actually have notes for Kyle. 
um, as the rambunctious best friend of this socially social anxiety-ridden human being named Subaru. He's a really good counter. Cal is a really good counterbalance to it because he's known him. He's known Subaru long enough to understand him, and he knows when not to push him too far. But also, he knows when he should be trying to push him out the door. Be like, "Hey, look, this is how things go. Maybe you should get out and actually make friends and talk to people and things like that." That scene when he and Subaru go to the pet store and, uh, for the collar. And, uh, Kyle's character just gets him in there and is just kind of calmly talking to Nana. And then he just up and bails. And Subaru's just like, wait, what are you doing? I thought you were helping me here. And he's like, nah, fam, I gotta go. Good luck with your shit. <laughs> and it's, it's such a fun balance. Like, he brings... Between Subaru and Hirato, if Subaru is the anxiety-ridden introvert, Su uh, Hirato is definitely the, um extrovert like he's out there he's doing things he's getting to know people so it's a really good partnership and counterbalance with each other and um kyle is just so much fun and i love it to pieces josh Greeley as kawase gives me so much life oh my god <laughs> roots is right he needs to stop he needs to stay away from scenery because he's so hammy and delicious and it's oh my god i just stop yawning it's so hammy and delicious, and he just keeps chewing it and chewing it. And it's like, Kawase is... Megan describes Kawase as, her, as, like, her. I also describe myself as Kawase to a certain extent. Kawase is anybody who loves cats. Basically, who's obsessed with cats. And he's so much fun. And he's like, I want a fur baby, but I can't have a fur baby. So I will love your fur baby instead. <laughs> All the pieces. This is basically what you're going to do when you ever come over to my house. I know. <laughs> I'm going to want to take her home and... Holy shit. I'm going to want to take her home and never bring her back. <laughs> um, you are not stealing my fucking cat. <laughs> I will hunt you down. Something tells me, like, I will go... Maka and Bailey I will go... gravitate toward me. I will, like, fucking John Wick your ass if you take my cat. I know you will. <laughs> but still, I'm just like, I want a cat. But, um, anyway. No, it's... <laughs> it's very, very cute and adorable and so much fun. And I... <laughs> the scene where we come back to Kawase, I think, recently, when um, they're talking about him, and he just has... He just happens to have... Oh, my God, I clearly need caffeine right now. And he has, like, um, some pictures of Haru at his work desk <laughs> for no apparent reason. I he doesn't and he have gets the charm made. By his wife. It's great. I love um, it. Mom, what were you saying? I like how he, he does have pictures of Haru, but as far as I can tell, he does not have pictures of his wife on his desk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. God. Which, in fairness, yeah, might true, just be actually. because they did not have any character design for that character, but still. It's kind of, like, ter mildly terrifying. A I don't. Maybe, maybe you just haven't seen it in that shot. I don't know. Though the one sticking point uh, about all this that. is like, he can't have a cat because his wife is allergic. But he's inevitably gonna yep. come home covered in cat hair, which is gonna set off his wife anyway. Yep. Yeah. So it's very counterintuitive, but. I mean, I think I'm very. I have a friend who's allergic to cats, but like, if I go hang out with him, that will not be a problem. It's if he comes to where the cat is that it's an issue. Gotcha. But, I believe um, Gigi is the same. She, she, like, let's be real. I am covered in animal hair twenty four seven. Anyways, 
But, um, yeah, like, oh, dear sweet lord. Like, this is just some scenery-chewing fun times for, uh, good old Josh Greeley, and I love it to pieces. Um, I think potentially it's one of my favorite performances of the entire show because of it. Um, but otherwise than that, like, both of these performances I adore so, so much. Right, it's my turn. I'm sorry, my cat actually came by during that last segment. I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Aww, hey, cricket. cricket! Hello, Cricket. They all say hi. Cricket! We love you, Cricket. They love you, Cricket. I hope you know that. Um, now on to the task at hand. Um, I'm going to start with Kyle, who I just really enjoy as Hirito. Um, my description is he get, he gives the impression of a surfer bro, even though I'm pretty sure Hirito does not live anywhere near a surfable beach and has never set foot on a surfboard in his life. Um, but he, he's like very like relaxed and out there. And I enjoy the way that like he, he is so radically different from Subaru, but he's also like, hey, I'm going to look out for my bud who's bad at taking care of himself. So I'm going to bring him food periodically because <laughs> I have a key to his house. I also enjoy his little like, explanation for why he's there in the first episode of like well i was on vacation but then my wallet got stolen and by the time <laughs> i got home there was a fire in the apartment above mine i guess and now my apartment's drenched and then i came to my mom's place but they weren't home so now i'm here it's just like oh I, my I, god I, and i just realized something what he's basically he's basically a cat in human form because he's bringing oh he's boy bringing you're right. food like because oh my gosh cats leave the animal carcasses because they think you're a shitty hunter <laughs> the, sh the show's working on a lot more you're levels right. than you think it is um but i like i enjoy those bits because it seems like this should be a fake preposterous story but no you appear to be telling the truth that's just a thing you did that we're never gonna see outside of this little story that's just your life i guess um yeah he's he's very he's very just kind of like like, chill and kind of, and a good friend, but also the sense of, like, well, you need to learn how to talk to people, so I'm just gonna jet, and, uh, you have fun getting a collar, bye. <laughs> it's like, you, your ass is just gonna deal with it yourself, bye. You need, so, some lessons, some lessons need to be learned firsthand, bye. Bye-bye. And he's a lot of fun, and, um, Josh is Kawase. A pure maniac, truly. <laughs> and utterly, just completely cat-obsessed. Possibly a little unhealthy. Uh, but he's so fun at it. He is, he, like, you guys are saying, like, he's, he, che he chews that scenery so well. He is so fun when he's on the screen. It is, it is almost charming to watch him try and get into this cat's good graces and just make the wrong possible decision at every possible moment. Just like, oh, I'm gonna pick you up. Oh, you don't like that, but I'm gonna pick you up. <laughs> Whoops. Why don't you love me? He's just like me. We Why like cats, this, but cats don't like us. I, I find it funny because part, part of me is like, Kamase, it's a cat that gets along with Subaru. This may be a sign as to what kind of personality it likes. Take it. Maybe chill a little. Maybe, 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 if you, uh, maybe if you slow your roll a little bit, he'll show like you better. Oh. But Josh is absolutely delightful as it. He's just a hoot on screen every single time. I like him a lot. Thumbs up. Alright, so I, I want to talk about Hirato first because... Like, I think I've, I've been on two shows for, like, two episodes in a row where I get to talk about Kyle I, who I have not gotten to talk about, like, a lot before this, like, this, like, past week. What was the other one? Suri Dury Children. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad. I forgot. 
Remember he... He wants to... He's... Everybody poops, remember? <laughs> <laughs> yup. There's a whole book about it. I love... About it. God, I want that on... I want that, on, like, on someone's tombstone when they die. Oh, God. I love you. I love you, Drunk Sword. <laughs> I love you, Fu I love Fudo. He's, like, one of my favorite characters in season two of that show. Uh, no, but... Hirato, uh, one of my favorite things about Hirato is that, um, Hirato kind of reminds me of the adult version, and I know Steph's going to get this reference, mm -hmm. of the Yamashita dog. Oh my god, yes. He looks like him. He fucking yeah, looks like him. he really does. Um, and he has a similar-ish personality without B, but I think Hirato is a lot more rough around the edges, and I like that about Kyle's performance, is that, uh, Subaru, he is very, very much, a, he's a, despite looking like similar body wise to Subaru, uh, he has a little bit of a gruffer voice, uh, in a lot more confidence in the way that he speaks, uh, compared to the obviously very socially awkward Subaru. Um so to me, my favorite thing that he does is when he walks into the house and starts eating his like the last like two things that are in the fucking fridge. Oh my god, yes. And I'm like, first of all, one asshole, you don't take one leave you don't take a penny, leave a penny with a guy who barely eats. Um Second of all, I think when he he's like, Oh hey kitty and he's the one who gets to say resting uh what was it? Resting mean face. Resting scary face. Resting scary face. And I think that he provides a lot more of the uh the foil to Subaru uh, as a as a vocal. He's a lot gruffer, yet I do think that uh, Hirato has a very natural speaking voice. I don't think that he's over the top. I don't think that he's like like super playing a ton of things up. He just sounds like a guy that you know. Josh Grayley, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> has seen a cat and launched into uh, into uh, orbit neon cat style. <laughs> There's like a rainbow coming out of coming out of Kawase's ass and a pop tart shirt on. Oh my god! Oh boy. Bring out the old dead memes. Uh, just I think the other thing too is that he also kind of has like this is gonna sound like a really weird reference to people who aren't as old as us, but because he's a manager, he has a little bit of the Tom Cruise "Show me the money" <laughs> yeah. oh my god. kind of kind of like voice <laughs> for those. For those of you who, like, understand what that's a reference to, um, it's a movie I've not seen, but it's in, like, in my cultural, like, identity that I know it's show me the money. Like, he's like, hey, uh, like, when he talks about going to the robot cafe, and he's like, come on, there's, uh, I think, does he, it's, does he hear Haru, like, meow or something? Because he's, I feel like he's talking about the robot cafe, and then he hears about the cat, and he's like, <gasps> "Oh my god, you have a cat! I'm coming over." Yep, something like that. Yeah, like the the way Josh Gurley is such a good actor in that he can do these types of characters that just uh just switch their emotional states like over in a heartbeat. Um, he kind. Kawasai's voice reminds me of a, a slightly more grounded Yuri Gatsuki. Oh my god, it actually kind of does. Oh <laughs> like, shit. I know, like, everyone's like, why are you using other performances by people as a frame of reference? No, you don't understand. If I do that, it helps people who aren't so familiar with these people, yeah. though. In Josh Curley's, like, in Josh Curley's case, do you live under a fucking rock? Um, I know Yuri wants to crawl under the rock and die, but... 
Like, I think that to me, though, it also is, like, I think one of the first times besides when he's, like, Kuranosuke. But Kuranosuke, he purposely pushes his range to a higher register, obviously, to come off as a woman. But when Kawase starts freaking out about Haru is, I think, some of the highest I've ever heard Josh Lee go. He goes full-blown fangirl, like, basically. Like, I mean, like, he goes, like, um, if you've ever seen it, that gif of, like, Seth Rogen... Like, screaming and his hands are going past his face. <laughs> yeah, I remember like, that. Like, he, like, like, yeah, like, it is just like, ah! Oh my god, it's a cat! Like, as if this man has never seen a damn cat in his life. <laughs> Let alone what, and he's like, oh, she's so nimble, she must have been stray. I don't know why I just did Carol Channing. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Spartacus. Ah, yeah, Fucking. I need to look up that whose lines in anyway. It's like famous, famous lines done in the style of Carol Channing. And there's one where uh, Ryan Styles does the "Are you are are you feeling lucky, punk?" speech <laughs> as Carol Channing, and it's. I remember this sequence. I I was watching it with like my little brother. When it first aired, we were just... It, it left us It's a reference dead. that just, like, whoosh. For a lot of people, that just went whoosh right over your head. Yeah. Um, just like, just like the... Just like the meaning behind Gundam. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, look, cool robots. Uh, but no, I... I absolutely... I think... I would say Kawase is my favorite performance of the show, if not for the two lead actor... The two lead characters, honestly. Like, uh, I just... I... I... I wonder how much of that is based off of Josh Curley's own life, because I think he has two pet cats. Oh my god. Yeah, he has, I think like, he has at least I know, one, and then, um, Kanan. The do- and the, uh, Kanan, the dog, who's adorable. But, uh, and I think they were both, I think they were both great. Uh, so are we ready to move on to the final pair in our lead characters? Yay. Yes! Because yes, yes, you yes. cannot talk... I think you can't talk one about the other. So we have one Subaru uh, Mikazuki. Miki, Miki, Miki Thank you. I should be able to say that because that's that's kind of a token Rambu thing because it, it's the moon. It means crescent moon, and I should know this. Um, he is a shut-in. His parents have died. He's got a cat. He has no idea what he's doing. He's got social anxiety. All he wants to do is fucking read. And we have Haru, the cat that he took in, who doesn't really know like what to do she just wants to survive and she thinks that this person's an idiot and together they're gonna learn what family means hooray yay Yay. so predictions for both haru and subaru yeah Hmm. so um yeah i had one for each um for haru i was basically i was under the impression that haru would be a boy so i kind of took into mind the sort of uh the the actresses who could play young boys really well and i settled upon terry doty and there's actually kind of a funny story involving this sh- this episode and the last episode the four of us were in because um i had named our group a very specific way because of a prediction i made for this episode which was um uh, Chris Waycamp as Subaru. 
I, I called the combination, my roommate is a cat, uh, Joker game, Twitter chat for, for us to coordinate our episodes, Waycamp's Angels. It's true, dude. It's true. Because I, I was like... He did do that. I had convinced myself that that was going to be how this ended up. Because I, like, I thought Chris Waycamp would make a really good sort of social anxiety kind of shut-in character. Because he's like really good in everything he does. For one thing, and like it's it's a really interesting take that I would have loved to see him try. But um yeah. Chris Waycamp as Subaru and Terry Doty as Haru. Hmm. So I had two for each. Uh I went with see Haru of of course I did the Megan method and I didn't know what was what, and uh, I used pictures of the characters for these. Um so, what I decided to go with, so for Haru, as a fun, rambunctious, energetic kind of voice, um, my first choice was Tia Ballard, and my second choice was Jade Saxton. As for Subaru, I was looking for something that's maybe a bit subdued, in a way, uh, since he he definitely looked like a kind of introvert or some something going on like that. And I also wanted to find, one of my predictions, I wanted to find a different take on that, so I had Aaron Dismuke as my first choice, and actually my second choice was Josh Greeley. I uh, also predicted uh, Terry Doty as Haru, uh, for similar reasons that uh, Roots put, and I actually also had Aaron Dismuke as Subaru. So I knew Haru was a girl. <laughs> um, sorry, honey. Uh, so my predictions for Haru were based off of like what I saw on Twitter, people getting excited, slash who I wanted to see be in more stuff, slash... Haru's voice seemed kind of both energetic and relaxed, so I went for two actresses who I thought could pull off both ends of it. So my first prediction for Haru was Krista McGuire, and my second prediction was Jill Harris. And for Subaru, I wanted to pick somebody I knew who could do the... I knew for sure could do the the social anxiety aspect of him, but also had a soothing a soothing voice. Um, slash B... Super is kind of played by my favorite Sayu, so I wanted to put one of my favorite actors in that position, too. Because it's Ono Kensho, and of course everyone and their mom is like, Hey, Megan, Ono Kensho's in the cat show. And I was like, hell yeah! He was like, let's do it! I knew it! My boy! Uh, so I picked Dallas Reed as my first pick, and my second pick was based off of an actor who... While I didn't give him voice actor to watch last year, I was genuinely impressed by his character, and I thought he had a very similar tone, and I thought this could work for uh, Subaru a lot, and that was Stephen Fu. Hmm, okay. Because I think that Stephen Fu's uh, Genji performance, or a same tone, different level of energy, could have worked for uh, for Subaru. Uh, of course, we were all, all wrong. Whoop, well, hold on. Why are you saying hold on? Because we're not all wrong. Wait, who said Jade? Me! Oh, ow! Well, fine, you can have this one. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I win! I won! Next time! The part where Haru- Next time! God. You know the part where he's trying to chase her off the computer and she just gets all big and goes, I won! 
<laughs> That's what Steph was just doing. That's basically me. So playing Haru is Jade Saxton, and playing Subaru is Austin Tyndall. Jade Saxton, you'll know such as, as such characters such as Eve, Jenna Ward, and Bacchano, Carla in Fairy Tale, and Perrine H. Klosterman in Strike Witches, to which, by the way, Perrine's animal is a Chateau cat. I know that because I own Strike Witches, and I love that show. So everyone who thinks I hate Echi or fan service, bite me. Um, Austin Tyndall, you'll know as characters such as Kosuke Kanzaki in Barakamon, uh, Sho Nagahara in Tsukigakure, and of course, everyone's favorite bookworm, Kaneki Ken in Tokyo Ghoul, <laughs> to which oh, the exact second that Austin Tyndall got cast and Andrew was like, Oh my god, he's just Kaneki if he never went on the date. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I gotta text Not true, that. because in Japan, he's not played by Natsuki Hayane. If he was, then I'd make that joke. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm telling Andrew. I'm asking, I'm asking Andrew, so Subaru is Kaneki if he didn't go on the date? He's gonna say yes, because I think he's the one who said that to me. Well, it wasn't me. We'll find out shortly, but go ahead. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, my... I, I start, don't I? Yes. Yes, you do. Okay. Um, Like, I really like Jade Saxon as Haru. Like, I, I really, really liked it. Like, she sort of gets the the street-tough aspect of her down, like, really well in the first couple episodes. And then the switch flips almost immediately as they sort of get cozy to one another and she's getting used to domestic life. Like, it's, it's really cute. She's, she tries so hard. Just to understand what's going on with the world around her now. And it's just... <laughs> it's so cute. Like, it's... It feels like a different take on a, the similar archetype to, like, Kana from Dragon Maid. So, I... Mm -hmm. Like, I, I really like it. And, um, as for Austin Tyndall as, uh, Subaru, like... As I sort of alluded to in the uh, the director scriptwriter segment, Subaru has like really bad social anxiety, and like talking to people is just it's really hard for him, so he just chooses not to. Like I'm gonna fully admit, what Hardy spent months months trying to get me onto Dub Talk. I think like. His first attempt was, like, one of the earlier episodes of the spring season of 2015. Like, it- and it took me, like, at least a couple months before I could actually say, Yeah, you know what? I'll do an episode with you. And, like, it was because I- Like, social anxiety, basically. I was nervous to meet some of the people that he was going to bring on, so I just, I chose not to for the longest time. And, like, sitting here now, like, four, three and a half, four years after I decided to join the show, like, that, it, it ended up being one of the best decisions of my life. I met my girlfriend through this show. Hey! And, <laughs> like, it's... It's weird to think about what would happen if I had continued to say no. But, you know, with that being said, I, I gotta get back to Austin Tyndall as a character. Like, he got social anxiety, like, really right. 
it's like I can very much sympathize with what Subaru is going through. It's and like watching him slowly come out of his shell sort of reflected what I had to go through in order with being a part of the show to slowly come out of mine. So, like, I I really... It really resonated with me in kind of a way that's really hard to describe, and I, I really like Austin Tindall as a character. So, you know, usually I do the thumbs up, good job, guys, but, like... Both Jade Saxon and Austin Tyndall did a really great job with this, and I am, I'm really, really happy with their performances. You can go ahead. Okay, so let's see. I will start with, uh, I'm gonna start with Austin Tyndall actually because he, actually Andrew just responded to me, so. The answer to him, me asking him about Subaru if Kaneki didn't go on the date, that is my headcanon, yes. Um, <laughs> a reminder that Andrew and I are basically like a really pair of dumb brother and sister. Which is which is fine until we get to the part where I am also like in lesbians with Megan, basically. <laughs> like, Two for the price of one! I know, right? I'm sorry, Roots. I'm stealing your girl. <laughs> I know um, when I'm the no, fourth he... wheel. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, but you need no, 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 no. I mean, I guess we no. could sort of menage a quarte. I, I don't know what the French word for four is, so but that. <laughs> oh boy, he's gonna be really weird this year. <laughs> the weird. Is gonna be the I'm weird. really sorry, Alma. Eh, whatever. <laughs> No, I don't want it to be weird, and I feel bad now. We will not. I'm joking. <laughs> you can't see it, but there's this like look of panic on my face right I'm now. I'm kidding. Don't worry. Oh my god. Anyway, the only thing I'm thinking in the back of my mind is, oh good god, we're all just gonna be in the room, and someone's gonna fart. <laughs> I don't know why farting isn't just. You know what? I'm just gonna shut the fuck up. <laughs> what the. F where did that fucking come from? I don't know, and I don't want to know. <laughs> the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. It's an enigma wrapped inside of an enigma. No, it's just a carton of milk spilling. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. So I'm just, actually gonna- Come on, just bring Cricket with you, the hotel. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway. I am gonna start with I'm gonna start with Austin actually, and God damn it, Austin is such an angry little shut-in sometimes. He's like, "Don't bother me. I gotta do work. Stop it. Leave touch me alone, me. huh? Don't touch me. <laughs> don't don't touch me. This is my bubble. This is my space. You step inside my bubble, you die. Like, don't touch me. He, don't touch me. Get out of my bubble. But um. No, but realistically, Subaru is, he is this anxiety-ridden introvert who's just like, I don't know about this and this, because he feels like a lot of it stems from his childhood in a way, because um, he's, he's, he sees himself as the weird outsider and the oddball person, like nobody, nobody likes to read books or the same ones that he does, and all these people just, he has a very 
different idea of how people interact with each other. And a lot of it is negative. Like a mix of negative history plus negative perception of people and and social social cues and things like that. But um, it's interesting. He starts to soften up a bit more. He becomes a bit more interactive with people. Despite being the nervous wreck he is <laughs> with people and not understanding like how certain things work. It's very, it's very interesting, and I like how Austin is able to keep his performance as Subaru really grounded in reality, even though, uh, yeah, he becomes, he, the performance is very grounded and is realistic in a way, and because, like Roots was saying, like, he, it spe this character speaks to him because he was in a similar boat for a, the longest time, so... Because of that realism of this character and how, like, he starts to open up a bit more, he starts to soften up, he's letting, all because of this one stinking cat, like, letting his, like, broadening his horizons and letting these people in, um, it's very interesting to see the progression of Subaru's character, and I think Austin portrays all of those aspects very well. As for Jade, the second Jade started monologuing. Because I had no fucking clue that this cat was going to start monologuing <laughs> halfway through the episode. It was the most adorable thing in the entire damn universe. Like, was it, God, I think, I feel like I was doing, I did an episode recently where, like, I didn't, I didn't remember that the dog, like, I didn't expect the dog to talk or something. And I was just blown away. No, it was when I was watching that time I got reincarnated as a slime and I was super surprised that Tyson Reinhardt's giant wolf had a speaking voice. <laughs> yeah. That's what that reminds me of. No, but, um, yeah, the second Jade started monologuing and we get the second half of that first episode, it was just so cute. Like, listening to Jade just, like, wander around as a cat, like, oh, what's this? What is this thing? Food! I need this food! Horror means food, right? It was so cute. Every second of it. And it's just, ah, oh, My heart melted. <laughs> my heart melted every time I got to hear Jade as Haru. And I think what really killed it for me and what solidified it was, um... What really solidified and what killed it for me, for her, was, um, episode three. Where uh, she interacts with Subaru's dead parents. It was so precious and it was so sweet. And I just loved every single bit of it. And Haru is... is The, the phrase curiosity killed the cat comes to mind here. She's a very curious little thing. And she doesn't quite understand. She also, in a way, doesn't understand like social cues and things like that. Because she's a cat. But also she's... Going back to what I was saying before of like... um. A parent in a child relationship she doesn't quite understand anything that's going on she doesn't understand what's being asked of her she doesn't understand people and it's very interesting her progression and growth as well to w where we get to episode six and uh five and six where all of a sudden subaru is just actually calling for haru to come and she listens to him and it's just really sweet and adorable and i think jade jade is definitely one of my absolute favorite performances in the entire show it's just so sweet and endearing and charming, and I just, I want to take Haru home and keep her forever. <laughs> I want to pet and love her forever. God, I need to get a bigger place so I can have a fucking cat. Damn it. I'm done. Alright, so... Ugh, <coughs> it's frog in my throat. Oh, sorry. Stop dying. No, make me. <laughs> How else am I going to become a skeleton, Steph? 
Don't make me call your girlfriend. <coughs> Let Amon achieve his final form of being a skeleton. <laughs> it's all right. I know a necromancer. He can take care of it. Anyways, uh, who to start with? Um, I I think we can get access to the pet cemetery. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, He's you up here. Do, you don't. You don't want to do that. Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> ah, uh, Jesus Christ! Anywho, um, uh, Austin, I enjoyed Austin a lot as Subaru. Um, like I said, I thought he did a really good job of actually portraying Subaru's social anxiety. And as someone, you know, has a little bit of social anxiety himself, I found that very, it felt very realistic. It felt grounded in its own way. It felt, you know, it felt, it felt like something like I have actually experienced in that capacity and not as kind of like, you know, an over the top, you know, uh, performance of it, which I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. It felt like part of the show that could have very easily just been a punchline in of itself. And instead more of the joke is like around how the fact that like, you know, you know, it's not it's not just point, pointing and laughing. It's kind of like him realizing how uncomfortable he is and how sometimes he clearly like wishes he could be a little more functional and how he's trying to work around that. Um, and I enjoyed that aspect of it. I thought I think Subaru is a really interesting character in that regard. I think the dub is doing the show justice, um, especially for something that I think, as we mentioned, could have been very like it's could have been a very light, cozy show. And I think the fact that it is clearly trying to be a little depthier than that is uh, something that we've all enjoyed, but has taken us a little by surprise. And I think the dub is able to capture that aspect as well as give it, as making the show still like fun and really fun to watch, but also giving the emotional weight it deserves when it requires it. I think Austin's a key component of that. He's always like entertainingly morose so often. Uh, you know, he's just, he's got, you know, he's always in a little bit of a bad mood, but it's always kind of fun that way. Cause he's also like, well, I guess I gotta go to the vet. What do you do here? Why are there so many animals? Ugh. Um, and he, he, yeah, he, just, he just sells that very well. I enjoy his performance a lot. Uh, and Jade is just so, so adorable. Haru is so cute. Uh, I also didn't know that, like, part of the twist of the show is, like, part of each episode is narrated from the animal's point of view. Uh, so that was a fun surprise about halfway through episode one. Uh, and Jade's just so wonderful as Haru. She does such a good job capturing Haru. Kind of, like, wonder and sort of slight misunderstanding of the world, but not, like, not to, like, kind of silly ends, I, I feel like. Uh, you know, it's, like, it, it's not, like, a... Like it's, it's sort of, like, fun and charming about getting, like, super-duper silly, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, in a way that would clash with, like, the rest of the show. Um, there's always that wonderful sense of, like, hey, why I should put food outside your home, your door. Because you clearly don't know how to feed yourself. Uh, which I enjoy because she's clearly right. Uh, Subaru is awful at taking care of himself. He really, thank God he has friends who look after him or he would be dead already. Uh, that boy is not healthy. That boy ain't right. Nope. Uh... You know, for perhaps, perhaps, perhaps understandable reasons at the moment, all things considered. But, um, <sighs> uh, yeah, but Har Haru is just, like, Jade's just very, like, sweet and charming. Uh, and I like that, like, she's very cute, but that she also, like, gets Haru's, like, kind of feistiness across. Because, you know, Har Haru is, you know, <laughs> can be an angry little cat when, uh, when she wants to be. Oh, yeah. Um, she's a fighter, that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, she, this, this is just like a pair of like really nice performances and as weird as it sounds I kind of like the way they play off each other even though generally speaking Haru and Subaru don't really communicate per se um, but like I, I like the way that Jade and Austin play off each other in their own like weird one-sided each way 
if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm done. So I I love both of these performances. And I had mentioned in the Surrey Children that uh, kids episode Surrey Children episode that Austin Tindall's performance as his character was one of the more naturalistic speaking things I've ever heard from Austin Tindall. And I yep. think Subaru was what Subaru was the actual character I was getting at in that mm. episode. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um his Yes, Subaru has these over-the-top, like, freak-out internal moments and, like, get away from my cat, but there's also a lot of stuff that... This is, I think, like, one of the quietest Austin Tyndall characters I think I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, actually, now that you say that. Like, he's very, very, like, he's high-strung but low-key speaking. Obviously, he has the stuff where he's alone with Haru where he gets it, but, like, man, Austin Tyndall knows how to drive daggers into your heart acting-wise, like... The parts where he's got the book, he's got the album, and he's reading it, and he's crying, and he kind of, he first pets Haru, or when he he's holding her in his jacket, he's like, the nights are getting colder these days, and he's he's just got these moments where, like, he's so, he is so socially anxious, and a lot of people don't really like to uh, relate to characters like that, unless you're, like, people like us who have social anxiety, to which um, I was reading a couple of like little snippets from the uh, reviews that the I'm, I want to get the name of the person who's been doing them. Uh, Ro- uh, Rose Bridges is doing the reviews on a uh, and N of this show. She's following the sub, not the dub. FYI, um, and she actually one of the biggest compliments she gave it was that uh, my roommate is a cat is probably uh, one of her best portrayals of social anxiety since Yuri on Ice. Uh, which I would completely agree with, and I think that Austin Tindall really does capture that in the way that he speaks as uh, Subaru. And then you contrast that to Jade Saxton, who I, honest to God, think this is one of Jade's best performances ever. I think she fits Haru like a absolute glove. There is something mature yet childish about Haru, because Haru does... Uh, Haru is was the mom of her siblings and she was forced to grow up very young and yet she is so immature to the ways of what being a family is Mm -hmm. with people because she can't say straight out i love you subaru please feed me or haru is haru my name or is it food like she can't speak they cannot speak subaru can speak to haru but haru can never talk back to him so, so everything that is said to them, she has to do in, like, meows, physical affection. And I think getting to the show, and the show, I think this is what really does give the show a lot of its heart, is that Haru gets to monologue this stuff through. And Jade's heart and, and, and performance really gets a lot of this. A lot of people, I, I would think, would be like, wait, why are you watching a show where you get to just, like, hear a cat and... One of the best things about it is that Jade doesn't get a lot of lip flaps to have to work with. Good, just great. <laughs> um, she's getting everybody's dream. No lip flaps. There's a couple of times where Haru's mouth kind of moves in like a lip flappy way, but it's right. very erratic. Um, but they 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 mesh so well together too because I think that they both do have a lower like regular kind of voice, like when you're just talking to people and stuff. Um. As opposed to somebody like Kawase, who is so over the top. Um, 
Though my my favorite little thing is when Haru's yelling at the ghosts in episode three, and when she's like, "I won." Yep. <laughs> when she like puffs herself up on the laptop, and said, "I won." And just what is that noise? And I I I like that she sounds like a a pre she sounds like a tween, <laughs> like a preteen, if you know what I mean. Yep. So. Uh, but I think you guys also really nailed it, so I don't want to uh, keep rambling on. So let's let's head into our final thoughts on my roommate is a cat stub. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. I didn't expect to like this as much as I did. I mean, admittedly, I was like one of the first people who actually asked to be on the show uh, on this particular episode. But like, I actually the exact. Only because you knew I wanted to be on it, so. But, um, like, it's one of those weird things that, like, it it looked like a very comfy show, so I was going to give it a shot one way or the other. But, like, God, it, 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 it was really oddly beautiful at moments. Like, uh, like the end of episode three where Subaru's parents are telling, are thanking Haru for taking care of him before they disappear or like episode six when they're when Haru and Subaru are sort of interacting a bit and like they're it's funny and it's also like oddly poignant and like I really like the dub the performances were really solid the casting was solid scripts were genuinely funny well you know Adapting it loose enough that you can get away with certain things, but still keeping to the spirit of the original. Like, it's... It is a very solid package that I would recommend, and I really... I really want to know where it goes from here. Secretly, though, deep down, I'm hoping that that third cat was found and, like... Is okay I know, for episode I'm hoping 12. that too. Yeah. Like, I, I just kind of want episode 12 to kind of end, and then there'd be like a post credit scene where, you know, a, a family is doing stuff, and then third cat shows up at, at the very end, and then there's like one. season two coming soon. The, the, my heart. My heart. My, my heart. My heart. Oh my god. All the warm fuzzies. Ah. But you know, I'd have to see how season one develops and how Subaru and Haru, if I'd even want a season two at that point. Because if it, if it ends Fair, on a good point, that. like, that's fine. But in any case, going back to the dub, like, it's, it is surprisingly solid, even though I knew this being a Jeremy Inman dub, it would be very good. But it, like, it, it even took me by surprise, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. And, like, that's a really good thing. So, I'm, I'm going to pass it on because I'm getting kind of rambly. Okay. My turn. Um, This is cute and adorable and you should go watch it. There. That's it. No. <laughs> that's the short version. That's the short version. The Cliff Notes version. So, the longer version of this is the show itself. Because I feel like I ha- in order to describe the dub, I have to describe the show itself. The show itself, it is nice and fluffy and comfy and things like that, but kind of like what we were discussing at the beginning of the episode was it does have some very complex themes with it, with social anxiety and the acceptance of grief and loss and all this kind of stuff. 
So the show itself has a really good counterbalance with the nice and fluffy, fluffy, fun, comedic stuff, but with the dark and slightly saddening things that go on to make it a bit more of a complex story and not just, not just super happy fun times and magic and rainbows. But um, because of that, the dub itself really understands that. 100%. They understand direction-wise, writing-wise is very, very strong. I think the writing is absolutely strong. Um, direction-wise, the dub, the casting, and the performances is very well-balanced and very well-versed, um, ranging from newer, underutilized voice actors like Joanna, Joe, and Kimberly, for example, and bringing in a mix of veterans or underutilized actors. But um, I think what it comes down to is the performances of these characters at the end of the day. And they show such fantastic range. Um, and they really, really bring these characters to life. Every aspect, the good and the bad. And I really do appreciate what this show is as well as the dub itself. Uh, especially with... Um, Subaru and Haru, aka Austin and Jade, being at the center of it all, they both have a really good understanding of what complexities these two characters go through, and they are able to bring them out in such a fun and yet relatable way that you can't can't just not fall in love with it. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, again, back to the Cliff Notes version. This is a sweet and adorable show. Please go watch the show. It is one of my favorites from the winter season, like, bar none. Like, and I, I haven't been really been watching a lot from the winter season, in all honesty. But, um, this is definitely one of my favorites from the winter season. And side note, I was just like, I kind of want to see if I can find stuff. I found a cat kigu. I'm tempted to get it. <laughs> I, have a, I have a cat kick. I, I, I have don't a, have a kigu. Have... I'm so tempted. I found it on Amazon. I'm like, ah! Be careful about that. I have a handmade cat Kigu because it's Morgana for Persona 5, and I might I need to fix the eyes on it. Uh, I need to cover them up, and I might bring it to AB. I also have a centipede Kigu. Oh my god, if we if everybody gets Kigus, I will if you guys bring your Kigus, I would totally buy one. We'll have a Kigu party at AB. It's I... Amon, do you have a Kigu? No. I need to get Dang a new it. one. Amon, guess what you're getting? Oh no. <laughs> Amon, Kigu, Kigu. I'm gonna have to convince Andrew too that we're gonna have a Kigu party. <laughs> I need to get a new one because the legs on mine are too short and the arms. I, I already added the kitty kigu into my Amazon cart. This is this is a go. This is oh, gonna I'm gonna look for a pug kigu. Cuz. Cuz why not? There's someone I know on uh, Facebook who does custom like custom ones that's pretty good, but that's not fair. I'll talk about that after this. Anyway, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just gonna go look at this kitty kigu on Amazon right now. Might buy it right now. <laughs> Anyway, I'm on. Uh, yeah, this show is great. Um, I think this is just really well done on all fronts. I think it's directed very well and written very well. I think the cast are all really high quality and bring a lot to their the characters. I think the show balances being like fun and light in a lot of ways, but also having a lot of real emotional impact and selling those scenes so they never come off as like saccharine or maudlin or anything. They have genuine depth behind them. Uh, and this it's just a really fun show. It feels like this interesting combination where I feel like this is a show you can usually like sell on someone just on kind of the cat basis, and then uh, you know, assuming it sticks the landing and you know however many episodes it has left, which at least as of now I think it will. 
uh, you know, and then you can act, you know, unwittingly give someone this like really fulfilling emotional experience, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, this, this is just like a really nice show, and you should definitely go watch it. It's going to be worth your time. For me, I think I was so excited to get to like talk about the show because this was like one of the most anticipated shows for me this season. Because I love animals. I have a cat. I love my cat. My cat is my daughter. Uh, for me, I think the best thing about Jeremy Inman's directing on this as somebody who I who didn't get to talk about a lot of his stuff last year and uh, has only gotten to listen to, uh, directorial-wise, has listened to a lot of his stuff assistant-wise, mm -hmm. not, uh, like, this is his baby, this is his cast, this is his writer pick, like, I, I love this dub. I think this dub is fantastic. I think this dub is super approachable for people who are maybe scared to get into anime because, they're like, anime is really fucking weird. It, you're telling me. We've been at, we've been in this world for God knows how long. Knows how long. Anime is weird. Why is that girl wanting, why is that guy trying to date his, like, stepsister? Oh, Lord. Don't remind me. Like, this is like this is like a dub that is for people who maybe don't watch a lot of anime that they can easily integrate into the story that it's so approachable that it has a lot of voices that are just very easy to listen to um i think that this balances a cast of really established veterans to voice acting as well as some voices and names that we're not super familiar with um I don't think that there is a bad performance in the bunch. I think that they're all very good. Um, I think that there's a lot of uh, stepping stones, especially, like I said, uh, I think I spent the longest on her. Um, this should be a really big stepping stone for Kimberly Grace uh, as an actress. I really, really do honestly mean that I hope to hear her in other things as more prominent characters. Obviously, notwithstanding, because I don't know if Hachi comes back. Like, I legitimately, like, we are on episode six. I've not watched the sub past this point. Um, and I think the biggest thing of all is that this show, it really gets at what the heart of what the show's about. That this show is about a uh, family and being somebody with social anxiety, getting to open up a new door to to the world through an animal and I think that this is a something that a lot of people can really get behind as a story and you you don't have to be an anime fan to really get into my roommate is a cat and I think that Jeremy has set up a good foundation for himself and uh I have big expectations for him this year because I follow you on Twitter dude I know you want to be the director of Fire Force Ooh, yeah and I yes. and I and I want to be on the episode for Fire Force so like, I, I really, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do this year. I'm not saying I hope you get on Fire Force, but I wouldn't be disappointed if, I would be a little disappointed if you weren't. Um, so, if you would like to watch My Roommate as a Cat, you can watch the subtitle version over on Crunchyroll, and you can watch the dub over on Funimation. Uh, I believe you can watch the sub one week behind for free on Crunchyroll, but you will need a subscription for Funimation, which lock in your price uh, as of the, this recording, the prices haven't changed and the tiers haven't changed. So uh, keep your eyes on that. If you're suddenly wondering if Funimation is more expensive, you can find more information on their price tier changing via their Twitter or their blog. 
if you want to follow us, we are the Dub Talk Podcast. You can follow us on YouTube, hit the bell, do all the subscribing we doodly do to support us. Uh, if you wish to support us more than uh, shilling the shit out of us on your discords, retweeting our shit, da 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 da, uh, you can always buy us a coffee. Uh, links in the description below. Uh, if you'd like to follow us, you can do so on Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Instagram, Twitch TV. We use that thing sometimes. Uh, cough, cough, probably around uh, April. Uh, April uh, night, uh, April 18th through the 20th. <coughs> For no reason at all. Um, and uh, so sh- we have time. Show yourselves. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at Roots of Justice, uh, mainly retweet cute animal pics and whatnot. Um, once again, blogs, stuff coming soon. And um, also, by the time this episode comes out, I will probably have managed to build myself a computer. I plan on using that for various things in the near future, so stay tuned for that. Hello, my name is Stephanie. I'm also known as Lilac sometimes. Uh, if you are interested, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Lilac Anime Review, with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. I also have a blog, lifeandtimesotaku.wordpress.com, which I have not updated in a hot second, and I need to fix that problem. I've just been really busy lately at work. Uh, but yeah, that's where you can find anything that I'm up to, shenanigans-wise. Uh, my name's Amon. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AmonDuelUS. Duel is to use in it. And I talk about stuff. I like music a lot, so you'll probably see a lot of that. I have a dusty old song if anyone wants it. Yeah! Yes! Care. Yes! Okay. I, actually, actually I, have, I have two for this one. Uh, first, I wanted to find a song about cats. Uh, which ended up being harder than I thought it would be, actually. There are a lot of songs actually about cats. Uh, but I do, I do have one I really like, which is Love Cats by The Cure. Which is a fun song. Uh, but I also thought it'd be fun to pick something that seems like Subaru would actually listen to. Maybe while he's writing or maybe just in general. So I'm going to recommend to you uh, the song uh, Hazy Jane 2 by Nick Drake. Who is a British folk rock musician in the early 70s. Made a lot of really pretty melancholic uh, folk music. Uh, that's the one I'd recommend. But he only put out three albums and they're all really good. So just check out whatever you'll bump by him. They're all well worth your time. Nice. See, I thought your I thought your recommendation was going to be um, seven what's new pussycats in a row. God damn it! Uh, yeah, broken it, up by one, it's not unusual. Yes, but here's the problem: what's new pussycat is not actually a very good song. But the meme, the me- the me- the meme is one look. The meme is wonderful, but there's a reason he chose that to annoy the shit out of people. It's not actually a good song. Exactly. Sorry, Tom. Uh, so, uh, for me. Hardy, you motherfucker, putting that shit-ass ship in my house. Um, Kendo Monoma is such a good ship. Stop putting Kendo Tatsu Tatsu. Ugh. So, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at QueenEra2. You can listen, You can follow me for ship posts, hang out with me on the Funimation Discord, where Andrew and Hardy are moderators. Uh, but that being said, we are, we are done here. Uh, thank you for being such adorable and perfect co-hosts. Yay. Uh, you are all the cat's meow. My le- One of my legs is now very numb and it is getting very painful. Ow! Fuck! <laughs> no, I'm in a lot of pain right now. It's alright, give me a couple minutes and I have to stand and then my butt will not be very happy. <laughs> alright, well, uh, I seriously want to thank all of you all for listening to this madness. Uh, I will, in fact, wake up Steph wearing a gritty mask in a month. Oh, dear. Good luck with that. I love you. Good luck with that. Not as much as my boyfriend. Hi.
Uh, but that being said, everybody say good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and otaku, I can't say meow. I can't make a pun out of otaku or meow on. Well, otaku on, my friends. And remember to always get your pets spayed or neutered. Jesus Christ. Yeah, read the manga. And Andrew, too. Better God yeah. damn it, Megan! <laughs> that last joke <laughs> is thrown in there. <laughs> Good night! Good night, Good everybody. Otaku on, devas. But seriously, always get your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs> oh my god.